Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for this edition of Yes, You. And uh, we want to thank you for coming in on this fine Sunday. This is the eighth month. Can you all believe that we are already in August? Oh, my God. I am joined by Jana, Tyrone, and Rhonda on today. Hey. And yes, we are glad to be with you on this fine day. Well, I want to start. It's been an interesting week. And I have to say that um, I did a tribute on Friday to John Robert Lewis, the late John Robert Lewis. And I think as I look back and I was so, so impacted by his words that he wrote to be read on the day his, of his funeral service and even the services that led up to. And I want to just kind of talk about that a little bit today as we segue into another phase of uh, civil rights movement. And, and I guess I'm starting to wonder, are we ready to go back into a phase and into a movement of reinvigorating civil rights? Uh, I feel like Somehow or another, when John Lewis died, I felt like, and, and, and again, C.T. Vivian on the same day, the same day, who, who, who could imagine that, uh, that we are starting another chapter and that the baton has been passed. And then my question is kind of, and what are we going to do with that? But before we go there, I want to continue to pay homage to just a great man. And I want to get you all's impact on what you thought. All of the presidents that were present, President Bush, President Clinton, President Obama, and then the words that came from President Jimmy Carter were just marvelous. I want you all to kind of reflect on for a minute, how did you, and, and I love the fact that it was bipartisan. So I was really happy that President Bush came uh, because I think John Lewis really represented the history of democracy where we may not agree together, but we can at least still have a dialogue. And I felt like just in that encapsulated moment, I felt like I was translated, if you will, back to a day and time of when you could walk hand in hand without seeing eye to eye. And I thought all of the presidents, President Carter, who was not president, but his uh, was not present, but his words were read. I thought all of them include all of them. I'm not even going to pull anybody out. I thought all of them did a fantastic job. Uh, what do you all think about that? Share your thoughts. How did you, how were you, before I, before I let you go, I got to just say this about myself. I was finally proud to hear a president talk. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm just trying to be real. I was proud to hear presidential speaking. Uh, now share with me what you're in, how you were impacted by what you saw. Um, well, I will say I didn't I didn't get a chance to see it, um, but just to know that you know, regardless of what political party you are part of, um, to know that presidents are are able to come together and honor someone that made such a huge impact on not just African Americans but the the world as as a whole, um, and that and that speaks a lot about you know the presidents that we've had in the past. You know, they have different opinions, they have different views and different ways of going about things. But at the end of the day, 
you know, the goal is to make our country the best it can be. So, you know, to see the different, to hear that the different presidents, you know, from the past were able to come together and honor this man, regardless of what his political views were and what their political views were, you know, it, sh it shows a good sign of, of unity. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, to say something again, I think your volume may have been out. I think he didn't hear you. Try, try one more time. No volume. Uh, Rhonda, how, how were you impacted? How did the service impact you when you witnessed uh, the presidents get up and share their thoughts uh, and remarks regarding uh, Representative Lewis? I got the opportunity to watch it. So I, I enjoyed the entire service. Uh, it, it really is good when you can come together uh, to celebrate the life of someone who was so impactful and at the same time show you that even though you don't always agree, you can still have dialogue. Yes. Because that's how we come to resolution. Yes. Is when they were, we were able to talk it out and, and we can compromise or I can say, oh, okay, I didn't see it that way. Or maybe you saw a bigger picture and we come together and, and talk about it. That was, that's marvelous. And that was, that showed us, it shows the country that we can come together and do that. If the will people or uh, parties are willing, uh, forget about the, the, uh, different churches, different religions, different uh, uh, political stands, you still should be able to come together and have a dialogue and show that you are a, an adult about it. And we all come to a resolution. So I enjoyed it. I really did. I, I, likewise, likewise. Jonna, let me see if we got some volume going on you. Do we have some volume going on you? Hallelujah! Yes! yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> because I was getting ready to start acting funny anyway. <laughs> my, I was so, just like the rest of y'all, so happy to have an adult um, time. <laughs> just adult people having a good, you know, service for somebody who deserved it. No BS, no drama. It was just, I felt uh, proud of my, you know, people for a, a long time, it's like, oh God, every time they show a president <laughs> who we're not gonna name today, but not at all. They they did a beautiful job. I was I was happy for them. I think they they did them well, and it was just uh, a relief almost to have a a something that wasn't a circus with a bunch of baby babble going. It was good. And it felt so regal. I don't, I don't yes. know how it, it struck you guys, but I was like, my little chest just kept going up and going. I'm telling you, I got proud. I was like, now this is how you pay homage and respect. And he's worthy of all of that. There was no, uh, there were no shenanigans, no tomfoolery. I mean, it was just a stately, well done service. And it, it spoke of the way he carried himself, which was regal. 
and 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 that really struck me. I mean, did did you feel that kind of air or aura about it? I mean, how how did how were you impacted? I mean, did you really? I mean, because to me, it was like I hear what you all are saying, but even outside of that, I feel like I'm getting ready to uh, put a crown on somebody and just start walking down the aisle or something. I mean, did, did you get that kind? Of, am I just the only one that was just all caught up? Like Rhonda looking at me like, "Girl, no, I didn't feel all of that." <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to see the service. Oh, okay, okay. You missed it, Tyrone. I've been to enough it. funerals in 2020. I, yeah, I, I, I understand. One. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I, I, I do understand. It's, it's been a year. Yeah. My my um other observation that I was really impacted the little boy that was like, mm -hmm. I am the master of my fate. Uh, and uh, Invictus when he did that and at the end when he was my friend and just broke mm -hmm. as he was oh I, I I loved the fact when we talk about um, reaching back to bring people forward particularly of our seniors with the children didn't you think that was just really representative of him uh, representative Lewis as well as I walked away feeling like we, and I'm talking about the five of us, the four of us on this conversation. And, and I said five, it's not like I'm in la 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 land, but the galactic supervisor is off uh, running everything. But don't you feel like the, the five of us and beyond need to reach out and get our babies like he did and bring them to another level? I thought even to have him on the program when there were so many dignitaries and so many people that you know were watching television, but to put this young man front and center, how did that impact you? Well, he was a mentor. And if you remember, uh, President Obama got up and talked about how he mentored him and how he shook his hand in early in his uh, career and the things that he did and how, and how he looked up to him. So um, John, John Robert, as they called him, Uncle Robert, as they Uncle called Robert. him, Uncle uh, Robert. he was a mentor to many. And some of them, he never even shook their head, their hand. But just being who he was and being out there, he mentored so many people. And so that's what we ought to look forward to is, and I put this on my page a long time ago, some people may not ever read the Bible, but they read our actions. And they, they read the things that we do. And so we can mentor without even knowing we're mentoring. Mm -hmm. And that's what we should look to do, look forward to doing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tyrone, Jonna, as far as the reaching out, Tyrone, I know you didn't see the service, but the no. idea, like I said, the five of us, do we have uh, that in us that's actually trying to reach back to bring forward with our young younger generation, those that come behind us? Are we feeling that, uh, I don't want to say burden, because I don't think it's uh, uh, a burden is the right word, because I don't think it's negative. I think it's necessary. I think we we have to uh, feel the joy of 
reaching back to our young people to bring them forward so that they can go farther than what we've gone. Otherwise, I think I, I'm, I'm concerned that they won't, not only will they not get to us, they won't go farther. So, I, I mean, what do you all think about that, John and Tyrone, particularly since I think you two probably represent <clears throat> the younger side of the foursome. <laughs> I mean, I feel we have a responsibility. I mean, our goal should always be to make sure that the generation behind us are somewhat it's better than what we were. Um, and we have a we have a mission to um, to reach out to the youth of and the next generation to give them the experience and knowledge that we ha that we've learned as we've grown. Um, and I feel that there's probably been like a lack of that as the generations mm. start to, as you know, time goes by, you know, with things of like social media and and just trying to survive, you know, us, our, us, the older generation, um, have just gotten caught up in just trying to survive. And a lot of time, a lot of things that we probably could give to the newer generations, we've kind of like fallen to the wayside with that because we're we're just trying to make it. But I, I feel we do have a responsibility to to mentor and just pass on knowledge and information to the younger generations to help prevent them from, you know, falling into some of the same situations that we did. Awesome. I agree. Um, that's what that was my thought on it. I think we can clearly see what happens when we don't give it our best shot um and we need to clean that up and do better going forward you know because and i think the young people miss that i mean i'm talking to them they they said you know almost just to you know sum up what they said what about us you know you're not taking us with you or not giving us the things you learned along the way and we're starting over in so many situations where we don't really have to you know, the young people, they say, I'm starting over with this. If somebody would just tell me or, you know, what did you do or show me? Mm -hmm. So I think like Tyrone said, you know, that ball got dropped a little bit and we need to pick that up and, and do do better going forward. Anita Harvey said he was reminding us to bring others along with us and don't forget the children. And that's very well mm -hmm. taken. Uh, I think about things that we had in my day where you the men had the chat at the barbershop uh ladies had the chat at the hairdresser you know as we used to call back in the day and 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 that that was what prompted the saying only her hairdresser knows for sure because you knew at the hairdresser everything was gonna get discussed at the hairdresser but not just in a, a gossipy kind of way or the front porch. You know, how many times do we see where families congregate on the front porch and just sit outside and talk or all of those types of opportunities that we had where really information was being passed uh, generationally, um, ideas, concepts. You heard the discussions that went on about the current events that were going on. How can we now in 2020, and particularly against uh, in mid-20 uh, COVID-19, uh, against that backdrop, how can we start to initiate some of those things again so that we don't lose the young people? Because I have a fear, um, and maybe it's just me 
being overly something or other. But I have a fear that those that come behind us, when people like John Lewis close their eyes, that's a generation. And, and that generation, whether we want to realize it, is almost completely gone. I'm now stepping into that slot. And then I just look back and I say, but for those that are coming behind me, will they even know our history and where, what we've been through? Or will we have passed? I mean, how can we bridge this so that we can bring uh, the young people into the knowledge of our history? We've got to include them in just like they did at his mm -hmm. service when they allowed him to stand there and, and speak. Like you said, there were so many dignitaries there. Anyone could have spoken, but they allowed him to do that. And so we, as the older group, have got to allow them and to bring them in and make them feel apart. Something that I can talk about is I had a, uh, a colleague on the quorum court with me who has been served. He served for over 20 years. And when his health was beginning to fail, I personally went to him and said, you know, get someone that you mentor someone for your district so that when, if something happened to you, you know, they can take your place. Well, he felt like we was trying to put him off and he thought we was trying to get rid of him. It was to the point where he, we sat next to each other side by side and I would have to kind of nudge him sometime to see if he was breathing. Wow. That's just how bad it was. His health was, but he was not going anywhere. And he actually died. He passed while sitting on the quorum court and not mentoring anyone. We can't feel like we are being pushed aside or that someone's trying to get rid of us. We're just trying to teach the people coming behind us. Let's mentor them. Let's make them feel like they're a part. Let's teach them what we know. We're just passing the baton. We're not... Anybody's trying to replace you. We're trying to pass the baton with the knowledge that you've already uh, encountered. Yeah. And we, we also have to take advantage of this time. Yes, with everything going on, the pandemic and everything, it can seem, you know, a really dark time for a lot of people. But this is the time for us to really reconnect with one another um, and, and do things that we typically wouldn't do. I mean, we can't go out and hang out and do the things we used to do. So this is the time to reconnect with your families, um, you know, talk with one another um, and just talk about experiences. We have to, you know, make the best out of this time we have right now. And this is probably the best time to really reconnect with people on a different platform than we were for the past 10, 15 years when it comes down to social media. You know, this is that we have to take advantage of the time of having family dinners again and, you know, just reaching out to one another and, and just talking and passed on experiences. That's, I mean, it's, it starts with the family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on that same boat, when the young people begin to speak, we got to learn how to listen. And we have to learn how to let things change. We have to be a little more fluid because they have a whole new perspective. They have a whole new way that they see the world and want to do things. And we have to be open to that. I see a lot of our older people just shut them right down, uh -huh. you know, when they're trying to do something different or, you know, say, well, maybe. And that almost teaches them not to talk. So we have to be it has to have some kind of reciprocity. I tell you and you tell me and together we can, you know, do something different. I think that's what keeps them a lot of times 
at a distance because they don't feel heard and listened to. That's a good word. I'm wondering if that is not generational because I think my generation felt that way. And I probably think mm. that my parents' generation felt that way. And so some kind of way, you, you use a good terminology there to remain fluid. Somehow we've got to get our minds at every generational level to the point where we can be fluid and embrace one another. Uh, Sheila said, grandparents were closer and they were easier to be heard. So uh, I, I think that that ability to have the oral tradition and for them to be heard. But I also think that for the older people to in turn, what your point is so poignant to is the the older people need to listen to the younger people to hear their life and their history and have an exchange, not just a one-sided experience. Mm. Is that uh, uh, how, how, how do you all think we can create that? And I keep saying in the midst of COVID, but I, I mean, these are lofty ideas and concepts, but how can we make them a reality? How can we really make it change? What are some, some basic things? I think that, uh, I'll start with the idea that I have this concept that people get Alzheimer's when they feel like they've been, and I do know there's some biological things going on there, but I, I think people tend to get Alzheimer's when they feel like they've been cast away and they're not using their brains. This is my opinion. Uh, and so you just kind of get lost in that same over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, and maybe Alzheimer's it may not be the right uh, um, senility. I don't know. You know, back in the day, we had different names for it and then everything starts getting categorized differently. But I think overall, when people feel like they are not being utilized, let me let me mm -hmm. use that word, that they almost just go within themselves and just shut down and um, the, the, the thoughts don't get expressed and the sentiment that nobody really wants to hear them or uh, even a matter of sometimes when everybody is in the midst carrying on conversation, uh, that individual is just there and nobody's carrying on conversation with them. So after a while, it's just that, 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 dwindling away of participation and whatnot. I guess I'm wondering, because I love history, could we even go to some of our seniors and take our generational uh, offspring, meaning can we get grandma with the babies and let grandma tell oral traditions or, you know, I don't know, but it's some way to bridge that so that Number one for me is to bring some level of engagement. I do feel like our seniors, a lot of them feel like they're castaway, throwaway. And number two, children always stimulate them in a very tremendous way. I think there's stories to be tell, told both ways, but definitely I know I heard a lot of oral tradition from my family. I don't know if everybody's family was like that, but a lot of oral tradition was passed down uh, you heard the stories they told them, your grandpa told them and, and so on and so forth. Is there some means of, particularly while we're sheltering at home, can we reinstitute that in some way? I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing out ideas. Is, is it possible that while we're 
shut in at home that we can make some more phone calls to grandma, grandpa, aunt, uh, auntie them and uncle them that are up in age. I don't know. Uh, uh, how can we make this bridge? And like I said, I, this was this is the perfect time to reconnect um, for people who have, you know, grandparents and family members from the past. You know, just to hear those stories would are would be amazing. You know, we read about things that happened in the past, but to know someone who actually went through it and then to have, you know, people from your family be able to pass that information down to you, I think is it's absolutely amazing and, and probably will really help some people, you know, make some different decisions in their in their life as they grow older. Um so if you have that opportunity to have someone whether they're part of your family or not, but just someone who has experience from times that we read about. I mean, I think that would be an amazing way to bridge bridging the gap. And what better time than now when we have nothing but time? I agree. I agree. Uh, Donna, Rhonda, any thought on that? How can we how can we bridge that gap? I mean, what can we do? I, well, like Tyron said, now there's no better time than now. And it, I think by just by talking, it, you know, initiating that, that talking with the kids, I know, you know, and it's sometimes the smallest things. My children saw a phone booth on TV today and they just, you know, <laughs> could not. <laughs> Couldn't fathom it. They, yeah. They were like, what's that telephone box? Why are they in it? <laughs> And even little stuff like that can, you know, because I remember a time where there was nothing but pay phones if you needed to use the phone. And I mean, you start going there with them and they're just like, what? Oh, my gosh. And you can get into it, you know, just from the smallest thing. And they love it. That's what kills me about it. But we have to be more responsible in kind of pulling them in, kind of initiating that talk. And they just I mean. It, it's crazy the stuff that has changed. And my oldest is only 11. I mean, she has no idea what a landline is. That kills me. Every time she sees a, a, a phone that's plugged into a while, she's, you know, what just out of this, she can't get it together. <laughs> I'm like, girl, <laughs> if you think that's a story, I got a bunch of stories to tell you. <laughs> that's yeah. Johnny, do you mm. remember call waiting? Yes, I do. I remember when I didn't have call waiting. Call now, waiting. there was just a small time, but I do now. The story I heard earlier about the dead cats on the line, yeah. Uh -uh. <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> well, Me and the kids were like, what? The dead cats. Was your mother there? Was your mother there? She was not. She had stepped out for that, and I meant to ask her about it. But she can, I, I promise you, she can tell you about dead cats yeah. on the line. Okay, well, I'm gonna ask her because I was like, "Wow, we went way back on that one." Girl, look, let's not get started with those cliches. <laughs> ah, I remember transformers when they would explode. I mean, I lit when they had those glass transformers, and they would actually explode. And that was, hey, you, you, that, that was it. That was, matter of fact, speaking of, and this was totally unplanned, but uh, oh, <laughs> oh Lord. 
Oh, what do you, what do you know with your that? face? Uh. <laughs> Tyrone, do you know what this is? I do, but what are you doing with it? <laughs> because someday I need to tell my great nieces and my great nephews what a telephone is, and they need to be able to see it. I need mm. to be able to show them what a vinyl record is, oh, what a CD is. I mean, people, kids would probably look at my, I had one of the first generational, uh, what was that, an iPod? Is that what I had, John? You know, that little, mm -hmm, we had yes. music on it. I had Dwayne program it for me uh -huh, because mm -hmm. times pass so quickly that we take for granted that people are going to, these little kids know what it is that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Thus, we have your children being absolutely mystified at this box. And this is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So if items get lost that quickly, mm -hmm. how much more quickly is our history and heritage getting lost? Right. You know, once, not too long ago, um, Jada, that's my oldest one, She, I, we were talking about Martin Luther King. And I don't know what we what we were really talking about. And she said, well, I've only ever seen pictures of him. I've never seen his speech or cartoons of him at school. Yes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you've never seen a real picture of Martin Luther King, never seen or heard his speech. I thought, oh, wow, I dropped the ball on that one. And then, you know, Nia Draw, that's the little one. She was in kindergarten and she had to draw a picture of him giving his I have a dream speech, mm -hmm. which she drew him in the bed sleeping, having a dream. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's her interpretation. <laughs> that's right. not what that was. <laughs> Word association. Word association. Right. But, right, but right. at the same time, I think that kind of drives my point. I, yeah. and, like I said, when I see us laying to rest, and, and rightfully so, mm -hmm. you know, welcome to their celestial plane uh, with the ancestors, because they worked. Mm -hmm. I mean, they labored. They yeah. labored. Oh, my God. But at the same time, as we're closing eyes and as we're moving on, are we going to lose this history? Are we going to lose this heritage somewhere in there? Sheila mentioned on, uh, uh, oh, Jay, thank you, Jay. Uh, glad to have you from California. Um, COVID-19 pandemic has forced a redefinition of congregation, but it can be dissected. Uh, spreading knowledge, showing empathy, community planning are actions that can be updated for these new times. And I think earlier Sheila said something about the unicorn, the concept, let's go back to something we haven't seen it before. It's not the norm. It doesn't look like what we normally see, but we should encourage unicorns because new ideas and new concepts are vital. So that uh, Rhonda, you know, you're saying reach back and mentor somebody, but somebody's intimidated and fearful. You're trying to take my place or, you know, whatever the case may be where we really need to encourage the fresh vibrancy of something new coming into play. Wichita Public Library had a griot program where older mm -hmm. people in the community gave oral history to the children. And this was it could be done online. I mean, these are things. Thank you. That's good information. I think we need to snatch some of these ideas 
uh, and start implementing them because these are pieces of legacy and history that we just can't get back. With that mm-hmm. being said, I want to ask, I'm going to go around the group and and, and I'm going to start with the youngest and go to the oldest. Well, I don't even say the oldest because I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I love you, girl. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to I want to deal with just the basic. Have you been confronted with head-on racism uh, of a? Um, I want to say I really want to make it fixed to something like where you could not use or uh, participate in an all-white scenario. Have you ever experienced anything like that, Jonathan? Have I ever, mm, I'm going to say no, where I couldn't participate. Now, they didn't want me to participate, so I could not. But had they, does that make sense? I mean, I wasn't, it's not like no Black people allowed. That's not a rule that was posted on the board. But I have been in situations where I was excluded because I was black. Yes, absolutely. Which was, this was in school. Again, Piper, Kansas, I'm gonna say it again. Um, like I did a few weeks back. And <laughs> well, you know, they need to clean it up. Whatever. Yes. Anyway, they, um, this was a class that we were in. It was a makeup class. And they were doing something where they changed the curriculum for a couple of weeks where it was just fun classes. And you know, I don't know why they did it, but they did. This class was for hair and makeup. And uh, the they had everything for all the white girls. And the teacher told me, I didn't get anything for you because I don't you, you you're black, you don't need makeup or whatever it was, makeup and hair stuff. And so I just sat there. So I mean it's not like there's you know, I can't participate because they won't let me, it's because, you know. She just didn't want to include me in the class, and so she didn't. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow, Tyrone, you're a little bit younger. Do you have any memories of specifically being uh, the target of segregation, racism, separatist behavior uh, in your life? Uh, the only thing I can think of is when I lived in New York. Um, and I lived upstate New York in Poughkeepsie and I was up there working with some camps and a lot of the other employees or team members, um, they all came from like overseas. So they all had like, um, passports, but they were all underage to drink here in the United States. They were, it was legal back at home, but here they weren't 21. And we all went, we all went out to this bar and, um, some of the, um, counselors had taken their passports and, Xerox them and changed their date of birth on them. So we get to this bar and the bar was called Whites Only, but I didn't really think uh, <laughs> it was like Whites Only, um, but that was the name of the bar. And we went to this bar and the bartender took everyone's photocopy passport, which was against the law, and he served them all mm-hmm. alcohol. And then when I went to make a, a purchase, I had a Virginia driver's license, state, and he was like, I've never seen one of those before. Hmm. And I was like, you've never seen Virginia? And I was like, now nah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bartender, so I know you have an ID book behind your bar. 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, and I'm not pulling it out, and I'll call the cops. Whites like, only. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I know what whites only means now. So yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing I can can think of. Yeah. That that that's powerful, but it's still limited. And I think I'm trying to mm-hmm. get to the point of how as we get older, Rhonda, can you recall <laughs> as you laugh? <laughs> Can you recall uh, uh, mistreatment and things as a direct uh, scenario of segregation and racist behavior towards people of color? Uh, I've been in management the majority of my life. And most of the time, I have been the only African-American in, in a group. Mm-hmm. If I was uh, cho- not chosen to be there, they did not let me know personally. If a meeting was held without me, I don't know. But I can say that uh, when looking for a house, my husband and I was trying to buy a house that they had just built. And one of his uh, friends told him that this house was available. They just built it, blah, blah, blah. And so Kendall called a check on it and they said, oh, sure, you know, come on. So he and I went and we looked at this house. And But once they, because Kendall, you know what he sounds like when he's talking. He, uh-huh. he basically, he, he sounds like a white man. Uh-huh. So when we did get there and they saw that it was that we were black, it's like, oh no, no, someone just bought it. So then Kenneth went back and told his friend who was white, and his friend said, Let me call and check. He called and they told him, No, oh, no, it's available. Mm-hmm. And so of course Kenneth didn't want to do anything. He he's like, Well, you know, we're not gonna argue about it. They don't want my money, I don't want to give it to him. So he wasn't in the mood to sue or anything, but yeah, we we dealt with that before. And it still goes on. Uh, I, I think it's gone covert and underground, but it hasn't mm-hmm. gone anywhere. I can remember, and uh, my sisters are on this feed as well, but I can remember when we were children, um, you know, downtown KCK, uh, and it originally was Kresge's, then it went to Cats, then it went to Skaggs, then it went to Osco. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Osco. <laughs> I came in on Skaggs. I remember Skaggs. I don't know. <laughs> I think Anita started working for them when it was Skaggs. <laughs> they get prank calls. Can I speak to the head Skag, please? <laughs> but yes, but Kreskis. Uh, so they had a soda fountain when it was located on like 7th and right off of Minnesota. And uh, so, you know, back in those days, they had the fountain drinks that came and and, and it, it would be in the, it, it looked so delicious, like you just wanted it, like you just wanted some, but it wasn't nothing but some cheap Kool-Aid in, in the fountain drink, but it's just that you wanted a refreshing drink. But uh, definitely, I can remember coming in the, the back door, it was not a whites only posted, but you definitely got the feel and the very air and understanding you were not wanted in, in certain areas and you best keep mm-hmm. moving. And so I can remember things like that. I can remember one time we went to Memphis uh, and my dad was going in to get something to eat and there was a gentleman inside that, uh, oh, he just almost had a conniption fit. He did not want us to park in the parking lot. You know, it was just it was just absolutely amazing. And I bring that up because I think that as far as like really direct head on, we kind of are bringing on that generation that got the tail end of now. It's still good. It's still here. It's just Mm -hmm. covert. But just the Mm -hmm. overt 
white only. Now, Tyrone, your story is just unbelievable. When the bar's name. <laughs> right. You know me, after a few drinks, I was like, oh, that's just what they named it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Jesus. But I, I, I think that as we go down the ranks, and I'm coming back to the point of Barack, President Barack Obama, when he eulogized <laughs> and stopping and thinking when they crossed Pettis Bridge, he was only four years old. Barack Obama was only four years old when John Lewis crossed the Pettis Bridge. Now, mm -hmm. here you have uh, when he began to talk about we no longer have to guess how many jelly beans are in the jar. Tyrone, I saw your face. Fix your face. And, and, uh -huh. some, some are still counting those jelly beans. But I'm listening. <laughs> well, and it is bad. It is bad. I mean, <laughs> voter suppression. He got to that. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, he touched on so many. Oh, the Bull Connor and George Wallace line all day long so he made the comment that they are no longer living but we still see peaceful protesters who are having national troops called out on them and the whole nine so to put that in context for you tyrone since you weren't able to actually see it so this is where i'm going with that so many things that president barack i was so proud 44 that, that man preached that eulogy he just did I, I come on he just preached that eulogy he really did so i listened i observed reverend lawson when he talked about plantation capitalism another clap i mean these brothers laid it out there so then my question to you all today is this if we have to, and I think we need to, my personal opinion, I think we need to, if we have to go back to a revitalized, revisited civil rights movement, how can we make all of these things happen so that uh, we can get back on course and this time cross the finish line? Because I feel like, and, and, and no disrespect i have the highest regard even when they were talking about when he crossed that pettis bridge and he thought he was going to lose his life and they cracked mm -hmm. over his head and another one and he talks about how the spirit and i know it was the holy ghost just happened to move him out of the way otherwise he really thought he was going to lose his life and would have lost his life are we ready for that kind of reinvigoration of civil rights because i don't know that we're not that far from that right in this current climate i just don't know that we're not that far from that are we ready for that kind of civil rights movement i think you, we are you think we are do you think we're ready I, I think i think the people are ready we 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 went into an issue especially when we think of the, our past where there, there's no focus on it. And the more leaders that we lose, we lose a sense of us. Um, as, as the generations go by, like, like, like John was saying, you know, Martin Luther King for me growing up 
in, in Virginia, you know, he was this huge figure, Martin Luther King, Arthur Ashe, Black History Month was a huge thing for us. Um, those things aren't focused on anymore. Juneteenth in Texas is a holiday where they want to go to the club and have a good time. But people have no understanding of what, what Juneteenth represents. We're losing our history and our past as the generations go by because social media is what's raising us now. There's no there's no importance on knowing our history and the people and the leaders who came up behind who who were there before us and fought for us. Um, and we and we, ha we have to do better at that because as the generations go by, we're losing our history each each generation because no no one no one's teaching it, no one's focusing on it. And we have a lot of our seniors or people, like I will ask the older people on our panel, you know, we're all close in age, mm -hmm. but like, like for me, I would love to know what was it like to see Martin Luther King? Like mm -hmm. he was gone before I was born, but does anyone on the panel, do you have any experience of, of meeting him or seeing him on TV when he was alive? You know, what was the, what was the climate like when he passed? Like those are things like for me, I would love to know, but no one talks about that kind of stuff. They're all gone, just about. I was two, Tyra. <laughs> oh. They were killing us left and right. right. But I, I do have to say, when you talk about Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers, uh, I, I mean, Malcolm X, and Malcolm X has not been given his due by a lot of people mm. just because he was Muslim and, and, and yet and still, he brought a lot to the table, but a lot of the, we had one from one to five year span. They were taking them out like left and right. Every time you turn around, they were killing them. I mean, just, now for me, the aftershock or the after effect of all of the fallout was still very, very real. Uh, the killing of the Kennedys, that was all very, very real. So all of that was kind of intertwined in that civil rights movement uh you you had things that were continuing to be ongoing uh that were happening and then all of a sudden it was like we got politically correct and now this is my opinion you all don't have to agree with me we got politically mm -hmm. correct and stopped talking about all of that because and, and that's that's honestly what it feels like yeah, it's almost like to me, and this is this is my opinion. We um, uh, we, and I feel like that's the impetus behind my question right now, Tyrone, because I don't know that we're ready. Because I think a lot of us are still afraid to speak up. We're afraid to stand up. We are afraid to to shake the 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 fruit basket uh, and rock the boat. Because we want to be, and we've been trained to be, always mindful to be politically correct. And I don't know that to be able to do some of this that we need to do, if we can do it politically correct. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to I feel that we are. I feel we don't have leaders and there's no organization to it. I, see, I feel like what we see now happening due to all that's happened in the world, like there are people out there ready to get things right however that may be so we can go the king way or we can go the the malcolm way however that may be people <laughs> want people want change uh -huh. um my thing is i don't feel like we have 
there's 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 leaders out there to to organize it properly. Right now, it's people just just doing whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. It's not a day where we had Martin Luther King and uh, the Black Panthers who did amazing things. They they're not always put in the press that way, but they did amazing things. And I mean, even Jesse, when he was on the straight and narrow and, and Al and those type of, we, we don't, I mean, who are our black leaders today? Who, who can we, I mean, we, let's take out Oprah and let's leave Beyonce alone. But who are our black leaders? People who are out there honestly trying to organize this race and group of people to do great things. Right now we just we're just out there just doing what we've always done and we're just making it doing something. We I, I can't say we have a leader right now. I, I I would agree with that because I posted the day of the funeral for John Lewis and now who's going to carry the torch? You know, right. they talked about how he was the conscience of and, and, and all of this. But it's like to my uh, dismay and to your point, you don't see anybody. Any, you know, back in the day, Jesse and Al may have tried, but they so old now. They, child, they can barely walk. I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> Jesse Jackson can barely walk. Al Sharpton, he shows up, walk. you know, but he still, I mean, when you start talking about fresh blood, uh, Jabez, the call for true abolition, our amongst first fights, we must bring prison slavery. Absolutely. Who is able to stand up to all of these different things? Our country must have better solutions than, than more incarcerations. All of these things that need to be addressed. And God forbid, we definitely cannot see it uh, in our legislatures. So how, where, and it, mind you, it wasn't necessarily happening in the legislature back then. You had a Martin Luther King, you had a Malcolm X, you had all these other people that really became the conscience that they made the legislature have to take up and discuss and come up with some legislation, but it wasn't necessarily because, and, and not to take away from those that were in the legislature who were fighting the good fight. I don't want to make it sound like they weren't doing anything, but to really move Take one giant step forward. What was that game we used to play? Take one giant step forward. Mother may I? Yes, you may. It's mm. like uh, there is nobody. I, Jana, Rhonda, I mean, I, y'all well, help me. I, I mean, for, for what <clears throat> makes anyone think that we're going to continue the way that it's always been? We had that one person that stood out. That leader had some behind him that stood out. The, the, the game plan has changed. There are multiples. And just because we don't know who they are doesn't know doesn't mean that it's not happening. Because yes, a lot of the older ones, and I talked about this earlier when we talked about the prodigal son when he was going come, come to himself, and then the older son is like hearing the music, like, "Ooh, what what is that? What is what is that?" Because he forgot about music, he forgot how to live. So now we got some younger people on the scene that's gonna have to teach the older folks how to dance. Mm -hmm. They lost. They forgot how to dance. They forgot what the music like. They forgot what the party was about. So it's not always going to be just one person. There's it's it's a change is in the wind. It's not going to be one. And just because we're not hearing their names, how how soon did was it before you realized who Barack Obama was? Before he became president, a lot of people hadn't heard of him until he uh, became uh, started running. He was a candidate. 
A few people knew he was in the Congress and it, all the political, but a lot of people didn't know who he was. So just because we don't know or we're not hearing doesn't mean that it's not happening. There are some things that are happening and we need to put our ear to the ground so we can find out what's going on. But so I believe we're ready. Okay. Okay. Jonna, do you, I'm going to stop on Sheila here for a second while we talking about transitioning, because listen, it's time for, do you want a revolution? Ooh, 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 I, ooh. I, <laughs> ooh, oh, that's Kirk Franklin. So that, that's uh, Kirk. <laughs> When right. we get to the point of the revolution, are we ready? Sheila said, we must preserve our history. But as for me and Sally, and for anybody that, that doesn't know, Sally is her right to bear arms. We're here for the struggle today. <laughs> yes, Sheila. Bring it on. That's that's all I'm saying. You know, When you say, <laughs> are we ready today? I'm like, because... God bless them, the peaceful and the marching over the bridge and the fighting and the the harm that they went. That shit ain't going down today, baby. It would be an all-out war on that bridge. And that's why we it's ready. Gonna, it's, we have to, we got to take Sally, we got to get all the Sallys together and, and meet at the bottom of the bridge because, and I'll be down there passing stuff out. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Anita Matches. said take action. Make sure you have your cell phone so you can record yeah. it. Because when you tell mm -hmm. it, they, they, they tell it right. You make sure you record it. Get it on there. Get it on. Now, this is this kind of brings me to part two of where I wanted to go. So it just naturally progressed here. Are we talking about transition through nonviolent means, or are we ready to bear arms? Whatever's necessary. We're ready. To, we're ready to bear arms. We, we 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 sat in the diner and they threw sugar in our head. We're not doing that no more. We ready to bear arms by any means necessary. Either you gonna get with the program or we see you next Tuesday. Now I have to say that I'm pushing nonviolence, but I do. I'm not. I take. Listen, I'm not saying my way is the righteous way. That's one thing that I learn about life. Everybody has a way, and you have to live your conscience. Uh, Brother Harvey said a leader has to have a following. Will we get behind them and follow? Uh, then I see Anita Harvey over here saying, "By any means necessary." The saints are tired, and I said this. <laughs> If I couldn't, Nancy said, by any means, I'm outvoted. Lord. They, they, tie, they tie to praying. They tie to praying. The Lord I'm just said, flat go out, out and make it outvoted. In the meantime, like I told my sister, if it comes down to it, I'm not going to bear arms. But if I need to pass her bullets, I will pass her the ammunition. <laughs> See, well, we, we've been doing that too long. We, we've been we've been letting things happen and we, we pull together peacefully and we pray and we, we can't do that anymore. Mm -mm. We By any means necessary, either you get with it or we see you later. Preach out of Tyrone. <laughs> right. I don't want to <laughs> see any bloodshed, but ain't nobody getting ready. I'm not getting ready to. Ain't nobody getting right. ready to get no ass whoopings either. I'm yeah. not taking I'm, it. Yeah. I'm not, not taking it. Right. Uh -uh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing it. So John Lewis knew and this was part of the training that Reverend Lawson taught them. He knew when I walk out here, 
I'm taking my life into my own hands and I may die for the cause. And as Esther said, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to see the king. And Martin Luther King said, I may not get there with you, but we're going to get to the promised land. You all are telling me you're just done. Is is, is that, uh, come on. Are are we really, and and look, Tyrone, that that your face. (laughs) (laughs) No, because my thing is, is, and all those things are great. You know, nonviolence, I'm not about violence, but where has, I mean, where has that all really gotten us? Yeah, yeah. Let's you be don't people. Think- Let them throw stones at us. Let them call us out of our name. Let us drag us in the dirt and hang us in trees and attach, attach us to cars and this that, and the other. But I'm gonna pray about it. I'm not because mm. I'm, I'm 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 for the cause. I may lose my life because I'm for the cause, and I'm gonna let somebody just totally like disrespect me. That's not gonna happen. I hear you. Now, and I do have to say this. If anybody saw my page today, there was a picture of a man in blackface. It was just most vile uh, that they had made a cake and then they had his head in there where he was groaning and moaning. And this is like old school, uh, hideous blackface with the big lips, the eyes and all of that. Uh, and every time they cut a piece of cake, he'd moan and groan because they had made the cake in the body in the shape of a black body. And it looked like maybe it was a red velvet cake or something so mm-hmm. that the inside looked like he was bleeding. Uh, and uh, the people were eating the cake, having a good time, laughing it up, taking pictures. Needless to say, my blood pressure shot up about 500 degrees. Wow. So I know that we have, <laughs> Sheila said, I may perish, but I'm not going out by myself. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I, I am, I, I'm very serious because one of the things that I feel, um, uh, is my takeaway as I observed the funeral services for Representative Lewis is that if the conscience was him and he's gone. What do we think is about to happen? What was that question? I, I was just rhetorically, really. I said, if John, they kept saying John Lewis was the conscience. If he was the conscience of the legislatures, legislators, tours, and he's gone, then what kind of future are we in for? Do you all think that we are in for all out war? Jabez, well, I will say there's evidence of a new day. 2020 may be the first presidential election since the passing of the Civil Rights Act that Democrats may win the white vote. We accept no abuses. Thank you, Jay. Uh, You know, nonviolence is getting us killed in the streets. Thank you, Nance. So this is racists are banking on us being peaceful and not saying anything while they... Uh, bask in their boldness. That that is true. I mean, all of the above is true. I, I'm I'm not arguing with any of that. Um, I'm just trying to maintain to a peaceful state of affairs. Uh, but um, I don't know. You, you just have to wonder what the world is coming to. Because then I look and I say, I've got babies that I don't want to wake up to. No parents. I mean, if we talking about going to the streets, 
there is a lot that comes into play once we take the stand of violence. Uh, I just don't know how you turn that around. Uh, Jabez said, but I don't think there's a need as of now for sanctioned physical violence, but we can be violent, violent against their systems, be violent against their economy. And I'm totally against uh, plantation capitalism and their prison complexes, et cetera. I, I totally agree. I totally agree that that's a fight that we need to have vigorously uh, with all our might and with everything that we have in our arsenal. Uh, but I don't know. Again, with what I saw of them making fun with this birthday cake, I don't know that we're not in for a serious fight because I think it's just absolutely going to come to that. And unfortunately, I feel like our administration has really hyped it up to this point. So yes. then let me come here and I'm almost going to draw us to a conclusion. There is that theory that all of this angst that's being created is for the purpose of being able to declare a national emergency and a state of uh, needing to uh, call out uh, the guard and this and that and the other uh, for the current administration to stay in place because of the disarray. Um, do you all potentially envision that as a tactic? Are we playing into a tactic? Mm. Rhonda, you sh you're shaking your head no. I wouldn't. I don't think we're playing into a tactic. Um, I think some things are being put into place, even outside of us as a race, um, are being put into place to somewhat keep the current administration intact. Um, but I, I wouldn't say what we're expressing now um, is playing into a tactic for because I, I mean it, it's not a good look for that that political party right now. I mean, clearly you have people who are mad and something has to change. So I, I, I don't see what we're doing as a people and our allies um, as a, as, you know, being put into it as a tactic to keep the current administration in place. If anything is hurting them. Okay. Do you think that John Lewis Martin Luther King, C.T. Vivian, Reverend Lawson, who is still alive, by the way, I'm very sharp. Do you think they feel, they would feel, and this is, of course, we have to surmise and suppose here. Do you think they would feel that their labor was in vain, that nonviolence uh, is not uh, what we sense is where we need to be in 2020. Now, mind you, I know that was in the 60s. This is 2020. They were killing them in the 60s too. So uh, do you think that they would feel like all of their nonviolent teaching training uh, is in vain on us? I would, I would say no. I mean, yes, in, in the heat of the moment when you're mad, you know, the violent side of, you know, I'm just not taking it. But I, I think the teachings and the trainings of, you know, all of our leaders who decided on the nonviolent approach has has really helped us. You know, we've been able to, you know, gain some ground and make some things change with without being violent. We can't, this isn't a net turn or a revolt. We can't just get out there and just kill everybody who do, who do us wrong. I think having those teachings and having those people to show us that, you know, I'll turn another cheek. 
um, has helped us to, to gain some ground. But we also have to come to that, you know, that understanding that we can't keep continue to turn the cheek. Thank you. Because 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 they're not turning the cheek for us. But we don't have bombs. We don't have flamethrowers. We don't have grenade blowers. We don't have all of that. So do we not think it all the way back in 1920 some odd, they took Tulsa and those black Greenwood, they took those black communities out with air raids. We don't have the capacity to fight air raids. We don't have any of that. And I will say this, for the KKK and the racist white organizations, they have some of that too. And so it, we, I'm just saying before we start uh, looking at, uh, I, I'm not turning up no other cheek. I'm, I'm just trying to present the idea is violence going to be, because if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Is there a position that we really can even put ourselves in to try to match firepower for firepower? Because we don't have it. And we can say right now, even if you go to the store right now and try to get some firearms right now to this day, you're going to pay more than everybody else is paying. And they're hiking the prices up so high that it's costing everything in your little savings account to get some weapons. And you're still going to be out firepower. I mean, it's, you, you just you can't. You can't. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand it. I know we don't have any more cheeks to turn up, and I know we don't this and that and the other. But if we go down this road, I don't think we have what it takes in the way even of firepower to match fire to fire. But then, okay. but then we continue. We continue to foster the same mentality that we're not good enough and we don't have what it takes to make change. Because they have more, that's great. But Black African-Americans are some of the most creative people in this world. And trust me, I can do the same thing with a whole bunch of fire power that I can do with a bottle of alcohol, a little piece of cloth, and a match. And I will set your whole city down just like that. We have to Shut get out them. that mentality of that we're not good enough. Shut I'm not saying down. we're not good enough. I don't mean good enough. He said but, alcohol. But Did y'all hear alcohol? Did you... Shut them down. Oh, God. And, and, and walk away like I'm right. Right. But look, we're not going out there to, to be violent, to just go out there and be violent. Okay. That would be last resort. Okay. But if that's what it takes, we're not backing up. But now remember, then it was black against white. Now it's black against racism. Because mm -hmm. we have some people that's fighting with us as well. That have those same Uzis and all this stuff that you're talking about that can bring it along with us. So before it was a black and white, now it's a black against racism, black, brown against racism. So we have people that's with us as well, and okay. we're ready for the fight. Not necessarily okay. violence, but like Tyrone said, I've already turned two. I don't have any more to turn. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Jonah, I remember <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm thinking about Rhonda right now. I remember one time she handed me her purse at church and that thing was heavy. So I know Rhonda is ready for whatever. 
<laughs> this was right after what? Where was the um, shootings with the nine people? The young guy the church, in there. Charlottesville or Charlotte or somewhere? Yeah, somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nine this was right that after got, that. They got hardies. They took him, armed him up in a bulletproof vest, mm -hmm. escorted him to the car with the escort, and took him to get a hamburger. Yeah. Yes. We would have never made it to the car. Mm -mm. No, you wouldn't. Never. Have. Never. Yeah. Never. So I, listen, I, I am completely there. And, and in all reality, while I say and sense that I am 100 percent all my body, mind, soul, everything that I can uh, committed to nonviolence. I really, really am. Uh, but. I understand my people and I would definitely would not abandon my people. I would hope that uh, I, I'm going to stand together and do everything I can. We're hopeful that it doesn't come to that. However, I just don't know because again, the, the, the current trend is, is so, so serious. Uh, but again, I look at John Lewis, uh, uncle Robert, and I wonder, is he, and Reverend Lawson is still alive, but he could barely walk to the podium, but his mind is still sharp. Uh, but they're 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 leaving us, and so are they the last of the Mohicans. Do you feel like that generation and that era has now ended? Yeah. Well, maybe they've gone as far as they can go. Mm -hmm. It's a new day, but then but it goes back to the thing of who's who are our leaders now. Well, yes, yes, there's, there's yes, there's some unsung heroes. Yeah. We we'll, we'll yeah. appreciate them. Yeah, I'm unsung. I'm right here but, with you. <laughs> I mean, if if your if your direction is only within your your inner circle, we're talking about helping the people. They're who do not. we have that's out there speaking for us on those huge platforms? They just haven't come on the scene yet. Well, then what are we waiting on? Let's let's they've been built, so let's join them. Let's find out who they are. And let's join them. But if but I can only know what I know. So okay. what what we need we who's speaking for us on those large platforms to make a difference? We have we have our inner community people, and we appreciate them because they're they're protecting their community. But we need direction for the for the for all of us because right now we're all just doing what we want to do. And it, it's, it's effective at some point, but it's also chaotic at another point. And that speaks to something Nancy said, that we need to ha go in an organized fashion. Mm -hmm. She was said, Dr. King said during his lifetime that America would experience violence if she refused to live up to her creed. And I agree. If it comes to it, symmetrical warfare is still available. And and, and I'm please believe uh, I, I hear you. I understand the sentiment is very well understood. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you got to stop it. It's got to stop. Yeah. It's got to stop. Mm -hmm. It's got to stop. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, I've been trying to look for something and I ain't found it yet about what had happened in Arkansas. Okay. I find it. Thank you. Um, I, I'm so moved. Oh, really? uh, did you find it, Rhonda? I did. Okay. And I've Go never ahead. been to Zinc, Arkansas before, but the, apparently this happened yesterday. Two white men in Zinc, Arkansas 
just threw a watermelon at one of the black organizers of the rally and yelled, black lives splatter. See, it's that kind of stuff that I have people at, you know, outside ready to start fighting. That trauma over years and years, because that's what it is. And it just sits in you and festers. And now, you know, you want to be nonviolent, but at the same time, somebody need to get their ass beat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Video call. I'm all out of cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. That is crazy. It's, it's, is. it's too much. And but that's what I'm going to have in the White House that they think they can say and do anything. Uh -huh. And they are saying and doing anything. Uh -huh. Yeah, they, they are. are. And that's why I'm saying even more so, I feel like we're at this point where something's getting ready to pop off. Something's yeah. getting ready to mm -hmm. pop off. So this is what I will say. And uh, I, I appreciate, and I'm going to let you all say your last say, and then we're going to get ready to wrap it up. I want to thank Sheila, Nancy, uh, the Harvey 1952, Anita, Mostafan. I hope I'm pronoun pronouncing your name correctly, sir. Uh, Must oh, Mustafa. I'm sorry. I just finally saw it. I, it was a small print. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and for anybody else that's out there that just didn't say anything, I want to say thank you for joining us in today's edition of Yes, You in this conversation. I'm going to say this for my wrap up and then each of you feel free to have whatever your final words are on today's topic. I feel very strongly that we need to connect with our children so that we don't lose our history and our past. I'm going to pull it out one more time, Jonna. <laughs> Just so your kids can see it, that uh, uh, this this now that was a good phone time, Ron. This is a multi-channel here. Does it work? Uh, well, it probably that means no. And <laughs> <laughs> but listen, this kind of cord, I don't even think they make this kind of. They got rid of that. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! What did that attach to? <laughs> Well, back in the day, even before they came up with those little clip plug-ins, they had these and they almost like hardwired them into the little box. Oh, so, well, that was for like the switchboard. No. This Where is you would call in and be like, can you connect me with the Jones family? No, Tyrone. Oh. <laughs> you went too far back. You got to come up a little bit. Just a little bit, though. Wait a minute. Now, while you say that, I... I we almost were raised in White Cloud, Kansas, where they had the party line and the whole nine. You didn't even dial the the the, the first digits. Everybody was seven four three three or whatever. You just dialed the last three, and that was it. And everybody can hear your conversation because everybody was on the line. Oh. Party line. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was different. That's before your day. Way before my day. <laughs> so this is what I feel. Remember, Bernice King has her hand on the pulse of what's going on. Uh, I, okay, I haven't seen or heard a lot from her, but uh, praise be. Uh, we have to make a plan uh, that allows racist experience. To <laughs> the pinkest part. Come on, the Anita. Pinkest part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That is she a woman after my own height. <laughs> she said on oh, the pinkest part. The 
Now let that the oh, marinate on that. Right. And she dropped the mic. <laughs> There's nothing else to be said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to recompose myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fact that Tyrone thought I was holding up a switchboard. Yes. My point exactly. We've got to get the young people to the point where they know because it's going to get lost in translation. That's mm -hmm. my sense of feeling. Some way, somehow, we need to bring them forward. And as Jonna so aptly pointed out and Rhonda, we've also got to listen to the young people and learn from them. It needs to be reciprocal. So we've got to find a way to pull this thing around so that it goes both ways. Uh, and, and, and I feel like that is very, very important. I will give my custard's last stand that uh, I, I, I'm trying to live and die, and I may die on uh, nonviolence. But I'm trying, I'm trying, Martin, Martin, I'm trying. I can't get no converts. I can't get no converts. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, I feel like there is a power in nonviolence that's not found anywhere else. However, I understand at some point, just the same way we had the Civil War and every other war that we've had, at some point you got to push back and say enough is enough and declare your independence. My last thing that I want to say, and then I'll turn it over to my co-host to come. I appreciate you guys are always so uh, enlightening, entertaining, invigorating, all of the above. I appreciate you for your insights and your points of emphasis. The last thing I want to emphasize before I shut up and call it a day is this. I was very touched and moved that the former mayor of Atlanta said that he was able to go and see John Lewis on his deathbed and weak and barely able to speak, John Lewis pulled him to himself and said to him, tell the people they must vote because this is the most important election we've ever had. And that's all I want to say. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. We hear yeah. you, John. That's, that is deep. Yeah, that is the. Mm -hmm. I was getting ready to come. I was gonna come with a bunch of foolishness, but that shut me down. And I'm I'm just gonna take my my moment to honor the man's life and his sacrifices and what he did. And while I may never be on that scale, I can do my part, and that's what I will do. And then I'm going to sneak in there as far as the violence, like Sheila said earlier, just don't start none and it won't be none. And that's all. Just don't yeah. start it. That's it. Okay. Don't start it. Well, I will say, you know, I honor all the, the nonviolent people out there because I'm not a violent person. Um, but there's nothing wrong with putting a little fear in people's hearts. You know, maybe if Ma maybe if Martin put a little fear in people's heart, they wouldn't have snuck up on him the way they did. You know, you gotta. There's nothing wrong with putting a little fear in people's heart. Just let them know I'm I'm not that pump. 
Um, <laughs> you can't treat me any old kind of way. Um, but I will say, I really think it's important that our history is, is we're losing it as generations go on because it's not being taught the way it should. And we have to do what we can do to preserve our history um, and pass it on to the generations to come so that they know the sacrifices that happened before now. Um, because like I said, that information just isn't being passed along. Um, a lot of the, the people who worked hard and fought for rights and things of that nature, those names aren't being passed to the other generations. I mean, in the school systems, you may hear about a Martin Luther King or a Sojourner of Truth, but we don't hear about the other people that really made, that also made a huge impact to, to who we are today. So we have to preserve our history. We have to pass it on to our next generations. And we just, we have to just continue to fight for, for what's right. But the, but the sad thing about it is as a people that we even have to have these conversations. This, just this because of the color of our skin, we have to have these conversations just to be treated equal yeah. and to be treated fairly. Like we have to have leaders to get out there and, and, and make laws and fight for us just to be treated equal yeah. as humans. That's sad, but I guess that's life. And we'll continue to fight because at the end of the day, we always come out on top. Always. Oh, one way or another. <laughs> yes. And the church said amen, Tyrone. A amen. Amen. <laughs> I am not a violent person. I love to laugh and smile and have a good time. But don't get it twisted. There is another side. So I'll tell people, hey, try Jesus, not me. Amen. <laughs> because it's only popping. <laughs> so, also, it's, uh, I think what I'm going to put that on my Facebook page, the last words of John Lewis. Uh, this is the most important. And a lot of people already know that, but we have to keep it in their remember in their remembrance. Yes. Uh, the, this is the most important election, and we've got to vote. This is August. We still have time to register. Uh, mm -hmm. If not, but we need to put it out there to everybody, register and vote. Register and go to vote. Whatever it is, I mean, absenteeism, a lot of them are, are doing the absentee voting and blah, blah, blah. Whatever it takes, we got to put it out there. We've got to get the people out to vote. I think somebody mm -hmm. talked about, I think President Obama, when he was doing the eulogy, said something about they have hoodwinked us into believing that our vote doesn't count. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of people that don't go because they're always mine's not going to count. We've got right. to change the mindset of the people. We've got to get out and vote. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with yeah. that, we want to appreciate you one more time for joining us on today's edition of uh, Yes, You. Nancy, yes, Rhonda, and you voted last week and you were happy. I'm happy you did too. Now, everybody follow suit and we're going to show up and show out because we've had enough. We're going to show it at the ballot box and we're going to do this thing. And until next week, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And you have peace for your journey. Have a good one. Love, peace. And